Welcome down to this week's episode of Paddy Talks Golf, presented as always by the beautiful people at SeatGolf.com. Try them today. Premium golf balls, half the price. Superb accessories. Can't even talk today. It's a Wednesday here. Uh, you're listening on a Thursday. I put you at SeatGolf.com for all your golfing needs. Um, their premise is the same quality as the top, top brands, but half the price. Cut out the middleman you get the savings. No need to discount an already discounted product. Um, they've been really supportive of me throughout since day one, since before day one of this podcast. So to Dean and all the crew and see, thank you very much. And if you want to support an Irish company and an Irish family, buy some golf balls. Drewsgolf.com is pretty good apparel. Uh, and they sponsor this podcast. And they were born in Ireland and employ plenty of people in Ireland. Uh, distribute from Scotland. But we're all Celts at the end of the day. Superb, superb products. Their launch um, from last month went phenomenally. DPD didn't follow through. But look at van, driver, van drivers have it difficult these days. They do. And Brexit did not help. But um, the products were second to none. The Klima 2.0 jacket, I say it every week. Because every week I put it on. And um, it's just perfect for this country. You know, layering and padding and... If you're fond of a burger or beer, there's an extra bit of space in it as well. Um, this week's episode, the reason you press play, is with a man with vast experience in golf, in event management, in running golf tournaments. As senior manager is, is, is too modest, as director of operations at IMG for tournaments, being championship manager for the Dunhill Links and all. I'm getting excited now. But it's Keen Brannigan who has set up his own company Forefront Sports Management, dealing with brands and will be moving into wider fields in the coming months and years. Um, really sound guy. And I learned something about him today that I didn't know. Um, and his family is steeped in history and in the golf history in this country. Without further ado, let's give a listen to Keen and hear his story and his goals for his company. Roll it there, Kalesh. Joe Bradley told us the production line was finished in Kerry. Where's Joe Bradley? What did he get at? Donald Donovan is the last quarterback. He hits it. He hits it. It's over the bar. Oh, holy Moses. It's all on this. Round and out there. Oh, what a finish. Well, here it comes. Oh, wow. In your life. You ready to tee it up, Kean? Yep, absolutely, ready to rock. Smashing, welcome to the show. How are things? Good, Paddy, yourself? Flying it, sure. I played Laytown and Bettystown the other night. A classic. Great course. I'd never been there before. Beautiful, beautiful. And I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not even being paid to say this. It's just that good. <laughs> I'm not yeah. like, but it's just, <laughs> it's surprising like the, the depth of golf course we have on our doorstep and that's an hour up the road for me. So I was like, do you know exactly. what? Let's um, work through lunch and get up there for five o'clock. And luckily, Gregory took me out. So, but they've a they've they've an invitational open day. Play with a member okay. on, on Wednesdays for like forty quid or forty five euros. So, it's yeah, yeah, day. yeah. But, it's a great life, Paddy. <laughs> and it's only the it's the second life. It's the hobby. It's the it's the it's outside the, hobby, the yeah. outside the main hours life. I've um, <laughs> exactly. But this this is not. Don't try and turn this around and make it make it about me. This episode is about <laughs> you, Mister Brannigan. <laughs> uh, brilliant. Answering questions of questions. How dare you? Um, exactly. 
Keen, where are you from? I am from Port Marnock in Dublin. So uh, literally about uh, a kilometre from the old course, the old Port Marnock Golf Club. Very good. What was it like growing up there? It was brilliant, actually. I actually grew up playing my golf in uh, Sutton Golf Club, uh, believe it or not, and uh, which is a great nine-hole track opposite Pomarnock. Um, so, grew up playing my golf there, and it was brilliant. Yeah, look, it was a, it was a, it was a, on the dart every day with your with your sticks, and you're over there to play twenty-seven holes and chicken nuggets and chips, and uh, out for another nine holes and fishing for golf balls. So it was great. It was great. What a, what a great 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 way to start uh, start your golf and golf and life. Chicken nuggets and chips. I must. I go to Sutton just for that. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I tell you, because the the goosens and chips were was my main fuel during the Hinchley Irish Open. I tell you that much. That and exactly. that and the black stuff. But um, what what's your earliest golf memory, Keen? It's a good question. Uh, my earliest golf memory would be uh, it would be in Sutton Golf Club, caddying for my dad and losing the scorecard over the railway track and the train going by and it being blown away. And that is probably my earliest golf memory. I'd say it would have been eight or nine, I'd say, at that age. And how, how do you score going? No, well, geez, no, not after that. <laughs> it, was, it was probably a magic pencil after that, put, pair, repair it together. Let's not talk about magic pencils and Patrick Reeds. There's, there's plenty of them out there. Exactly, yeah. But community. So, what did you do growing up? Was it always golf? I look, I'm, I'm looking at your CV here, and it's like, yeah, yeah. We're in Clangos. So we heard a lot about that. Yeah. They, they actually have a very good golf program these days in Clangos. They do, yeah, yeah. No, they do. They have a great, they have a great golf program. Um, they do, and a, and a little, like a great little nine hole track down there. But it, it was always golf paddocks. And um, my granddad was Joe Carr, so he was, you know, arguably, you know, Ireland's. Uh, greatest amateur golfer and one of Ireland's most famous golfers of all time and you know records still in the amateur game that will you know they'll never be beat ever I didn't um, know that we've had a couple of yeah. conversations about different things and about lovely um, lovely products that we're now working with but um, I yeah. didn't know that Brandon, yeah, yeah, Brandon yeah, didn't yeah. put me off so exactly so my mum's the only daughter uh, his only daughter so she's a Brannigan so all my uncles are, are Marty, Roddy, John, Jerry, Jody. So all in the golf business. So it was inevitable. It was always inevitable that I was going to be in golf in some some shape or form, really. Sure, sure. So, what else uh, would you be doing? Exactly, exactly. <laughs> well, the, the, my older brother's in IT, so I don't know what he did wrong. <laughs> but um, so, yeah, so look, it, it, Joe Carr was, and hence why that was Sutton Golf Club. I mean, all the cars grew up playing in, in Sutton Golf Club and, you know, my brother and I did too. Um, and uh, actually, when you asked there what kind of one of your earliest memories was, it was also his uh, the opening of his room there. And he's got this uh, kind of circular room in Sutton Golf Club with uh, all his trophies and accolades and RNA uh, uh, captain's uh, jacket and suit and uh, you know British amateur medal. And I remember walking in there, and that was the first kind of time that it actually hit me of how great his achievements were um, and then over time you know because the amateur game they don't really stick around there that long you know the records will never be beat I mean what 12 East of Ireland and 12 Wests and three British amateurs you know people don't stick around in the amateur game long enough to, to, to kind of rival those those records so they, they won't be beat so you can rest easy I suppose <laughs> <laughs> Well that's worth the trip to Sutton alone I did not know that there was a room 
dedicated for Joe there. So that, that, it's amazing. That's, I'm amazing. making that a, a priority this month. Yeah. To go up and, and, and play something. And, and, uh, I actually and only played it there. I, I played it on Wednesday. Sorry, Monday, just gone uh, for the Barton Cup practice. We were out there playing nine holes. And it was the first time I played it in 15 years. Now, it's it's a small course, small links course, but it's fantastic. Highly recommend it. I'll play with you. <laughs> Let's do it. Let's do exactly. it. Absolutely. Exactly. Absolutely. So, so it was always golf. In terms mm. of playing golf wide, was that ever on the cards? No, no. So, uh, no, not, 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 not professionally, no. Um, I stopped, kind of started playing maybe around eight or nine, got down to, I don't know, 14, 15, and then I went to boarding school, Clonmers, as you mentioned there previously, and it all became about rugby. So golf kind of became, you know, secondary on the agenda, but I was always working golf events uh, in the summers. Uh, my uh, my uncle Marty, he runs Car Golf, as you may know, and they run an event down in Waterville, the father and son, so, which is a you know an international uh, event, fathers and sons, and you know celebrities and and, and great people. So yeah, I they always do father used to go daughter there. as well, don't they now? He do the father daughter, yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, so I used to go down there and work on that every every summer. You know, I was probably from the age of ten. You know, now I was probably when I say work for the first few years, there's probably a hindrance to the event team. You know, probably messing up things and toppling buggies and all this stuff. But I loved it, and you know, got a taste for the kind of golf events. So. I knew it was never it would never be a career playing golf, but I knew it was always going to be a career working in golf. So kind of got it from an early age, which was great, and to get the bug for it that young was it was amazing, really. No, absolutely. Like I'm envious. I'm envious because it's like I I love organising. Uh, I love organising events. Uh, mm. Would you believe I was? I didn't do the wedding now. I didn't do our wedding, but by God, <laughs> was the honeymoon planned to within a minute of its life? There you go. You was know. there golf in the honeymoon? Oh God, no. Golf, chief. Ah, just no. New Zealand, right? New Zealand, yeah. and it was phenomenal, and it was not too much hiking, enough to be done in runners. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. It was um, lovely. So I'm envious of you in terms of like I, I'd love to do that for like full time. You know, so so I'm intrigued yeah, by yeah. like what you achieved through working with the Ladies Irish Open, yeah, and on to um, IMG. So like, absolutely. Which book? Which book is all about IMG? Is it what yeah, is, Mark McCormick's? What, um, what they don't teach. What they don't in teach Harvard you Business in Harvard. I read that yeah. book. Yeah, brilliant book. It's brilliant. Right. Really good. My biggest takeaway was about meetings, and not everybody has to be in the meeting. You know, mm. and feel free to stand up after ten minutes if if you've got no value so far in the meeting. Just feel yeah, that yeah. should be the culture. But yeah, there's a lot more to take out of that book. Exactly, absolutely. He was a, a very, very wise man. IMG. Yeah. How, how did you get in? Like, was it was it official interview? Or was it like was it based off your accomplishments in 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 car and then with the Irish Open? And and then yeah. what was it like? What was it like work for a conglomerate yeah. like, like IMG? It's, yeah, look, it was it was amazing. I mean, it's it's the best playground for you know young, hungry, enthusiastic people. It really is. So, you know, after various father and sons over the summer, you know, started working with Roddy, who was staging the Ladies Irish Open, as you mentioned there. Uh, so, kind of did um, from 2008 to 2012, uh, we staged five Ladies Irish Opens and a Solheim Cup in Killeen. So. You know, six large events there over a five-year period, and again, just the bug 
and the addiction I got to the events, you know, obviously long days, long hours, but it was just, I was fascinated by it. And I knew that it was always something that, you know, it was, it was my goals really. So for the first Lays Irish Open, Roddy brought on IMG to, 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 he outsourced it to IMG to stage the event in conjunction with a small team that he had. So, uh, so I would have been 17 at the time. So I was brought in as a runner, which basically means you do anything and everything. And anybody says, if it's, getting the coffee or looking after the driving range or setting up marquees or filling the tea boxes with water. So, you know, anything anybody asked, you know, I, I, I would have done what they said. So, um, so after that, you know, it was, uh, so IMG brought in for that first one, 2008. And, and, and when I met, met the team from IMG, you know, this is Ross Hallett, who's now head of the, the IMG golf division there, the global golf division, you know, these people who are just such impressive, you know, individuals and working with them, but also seeing how socially, you know, fun and able they were. I just thought, you know, that's the company I want to work for. And at that time, as you referenced Mark McCormick, I was reading his book. So I kind of made it my goal after that one in 2008, that that was the company I wanted to work for. It wasn't the European tour or uh, to go to the States and try and, you know, get on the PGA team or anything like that. It was, it was IMG and it was set on that. So, um, after 2012, the last ladies Irish open that finished in July, I went back and started working for Marty uh, in car golf because because obviously the contract was up for that series and the Lazy Irish Open hasn't been resurrected since, but uh, hopefully it will soon. But um, so I went back working for Marty and uh, look, he he's he's my godfather. So he knew my goals and he kept pushing me, saying, you know, get after it, get after IMG, pester them, and you know, don't don't stop talking to them until you get in the door because you know, as you said, they are you know they are the biggest sports agency in the world. And the processes of getting in, you know, nowadays kids have to do. Um, you know, a YouTube video and tell why why they're the best person of their age group and why they should be accepted and they go through ten rounds of interviews. So it's it's pretty pretty intense. So I kept emailing there Ross again, Ross Hallett, who's who was the VP at the time of the events division. And I just kept saying, you know, I'll work for free. At that stage of Dunhill was coming up in September and I just kept saying I'll work for free for two, three weeks, whatever you need. I'll be there just to showcase my skills. You know, 22, hungry, just want to get in the door and get an opportunity. So Absolutely. You'd do anything, work for free or do whatever you had to. So eventually in uh, January, I knew they had an event down in South Africa. And um, ironically, my dad, it was the Volvo Golf Champions down in South Africa they were running. And uh, my dad was doing a bit of business down in South Africa. So we were heading down to Cape Town for uh, for Christmas. So uh, I emailed Ross again, and he probably probably had me in the junk mail at this stage. But uh, I emailed him again and said, "Listen, Ross, I'm I'm in Cape Town. I'll pay for my own airfare to come, airfare to come up to Durban and work for you. You know, I'll do anything. You know, three weeks work free, no problem. Just want an opportunity." So he came straight back, and you know, a day later, and he said, "Listen, you know, we'll pay you a hundred bucks a day." You know, we'll we'll pay your airfare and we'll pay all your expenses. So I thought, Jesus, this is a win-win. Like, you know, being paid to do this as well. So, um, you know, went from Cape Town, and, and, and weirdly enough, I'm quite a, a visual person. You know, visualization, that kind of thing. And before I left, when my parents dropped me to the airport in Cape Town, you know, I remember turning around to them and saying, uh, "You know, this is it. This is the start of you know the dream here. You know, I I know I'll get a job." And I just had an overriding confidence that. You know, I was going to get it. It was weird. I don't know. It was, it was just, you know, maybe maybe the secret and all that kind of positive thinking. But anyway, I uh, flew to Durban, worked for three weeks for the guys out there. Amazing event. And uh, yeah, Ross rang me at the end of it uh, and said, you know, there's a, there's a six-month contract for you in ING. 
you know, money wasn't great, but at that stage, I would have again probably worked for free if if, if he had. If that was the only option. So, uh, so that's that's how I got in, really. Yeah, just persistence. <laughs> probably annoying half the staff there, but anyway. But if anything, you know, any publicity is good publicity. Sometimes, you know, exactly. Uh, so it's like, exactly, oh, this yeah. Irish fella again, and I ah, would well, just give him a chance. You know, that kind of happens, and I suppose that's a lesson that even <clears throat> as things get more difficult nowadays, you know. Mm. Um, Maybe they have to do a YouTube video, but why don't you DM those people as well and like do all the other bits, you know, Absolutely. so that because I, I see all those things as like as a notification, you know, you'd know mm. it was in sales, like an email, but, you, but people don't, you don't sell with an email. It's just another notification yeah. to remind yeah. someone that, oh, that's that Paddy guy again, you know, exactly. That's right. Or exactly. if they're American, it's, it's that Paddy. Uh, mm. <laughs> so did IMG live up to the expectation? Yeah, I mean, it, it it absolutely did. It was, uh, it was, you know, traveling the world with your best friends on a golf course every day. Uh, you know, learning the way. You know, Roddy said to me before I went in. You know, he said, pick your time you want to be in there. So pick the period you you want to give them, and then you know, stick to that period. So before I went in, I said seven years. Um, it was the day after Paddy's Day, my first day I started, and I remember walking into the, the reception. So I'd left after leaving Stafford, I had two months off and then started in March and you know moved everything to, to London with a two suitcase, never been there before, moved into a house with two lads, blah, 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 and then started IMG on Monday. So I hadn't been to the office at this stage in Chiswick, so I walked in. Massive uh, Novak Djokovic uh, painting above the reception and sports memorabilia everywhere. And I remember just getting like butterflies and thinking, this is like, this is the holy grail. For anybody that's into sports, I was like, how lucky and fortunate I was to walk in those doors. So, um, so yeah, seven years. I mean, why, sorry, why seven years? Did you just pick that from the sky or was there? No, so again, you know, my uncles, I suppose, going back to them, they were quite influential in my, uh, of course, in my mentoring growing up. You know, work harder than anybody else, and all these, you know, uh, kind of values they instilled in me. But one one, one phrase that always stuck with me was, you know, work hard in your twenties, make money in your thirties. At that stage, walking in those doors, I think I was either twenty two or twenty three, so I knew that then uh, seven years would bring me up to around the thirty mark. Yeah, when life ends. <laughs> Sorry, people say th- your life ends at thirty. You know, yeah, it exactly. Doesn't. I'm thirty four, yeah. and I'm, I'm proof that it doesn't. Yeah, 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 exactly. So, so that's why it was seven. Yeah, weirdly enough, that's that that kind of resonated. That I remember sense, that, yeah. that, that, that was part of the rationale. And uh, and then yeah, I remember being given a laptop, you know, company phone, and all this stuff, which was weirdly enough, small little milestones like that were also, you know, goals as well in a weird way. You know, at that age, you know, a company phone is like, you know, the be-all and end-all. I've made it, you know. Yeah, you've made it. I have a phone I'm not paying for myself. Exactly, yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) That's big stuff. Blackberry as well. You know, and then that says, where's the the company credit card so you don't get that yet? You're two juniors. I go, okay, yeah, no problem, no problem. So, uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's an amazing playground and, you know, you are right. It's, It's tough to get in the door but I think persistence and you know quirky ways to communicate with the decision makers in there now but once you're in there I mean it, it's it's it, you know some people refer to it as an apprenticeship in the sports world and it is you know you're you know you're learning seven years from the best you know elite professionals there in their own craft be it you know client managers you know you know Tiger's agent was there before I came in you know um 
all these Guy Kinnings who's now, you know, deputy CEO of the European Tour and, you know, all these amazing people who you learn from. So it, it really, it really is just the most amazing place to learn learn your craft, I suppose. So, so yeah, seven years of it. It was, it was, it was fantastic. Did you live out of a suitcase? I think, uh, I think, I certainly did. Uh, I think I did. Because uh, some people love that, that, but sometimes but that, they do. That, that, oh, the novelty well, wears off, you know. Oh, gee, yeah, absolutely. I mean, air miles was was also you know yearly goals of mine, like to get up to the next tier and. That's, you know, yeah, that's brilliant. Some, that's exactly you, how you I would look at it. Well. Like, like, yeah, like, you exchange stuff like that. Give me the extra yeah. long flight for the extra miles. <laughs> exactly. Like I missed gold one year by like 10 points. I was living with myself. But um, but um, I suppose, um, yeah, it was... Uh, sorry, your your question was, Paddy, it was... Um, uh, yeah, were you living out of a suitcase? Like, a suitcase, that, sorry. Did it suit so, you? You know, it, it it did because all I wanted to be was on the road and learning. So at that yeah. stage, you know, it was it was it was a playground for me. But I held the record. I had three hundred twenty five days on the road one year, which was the company record. Um, because literally, you know, I again, typical car, lost. typical car, typical car, second like, record. No one can people. no one can achieve. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> I know it's probably well with COVID now won't be beat. So, uh, so, uh, but like. I was pestering people like I was getting my schedule for the year and it was, you know, the A and A in in the States, WGC in China, Dunhill, Women's Open, um, you know, these events. And I was like, I'd go into my boss and I'd say, Well, can you not show in there? Uh, you know, can you not give me uh, the, the, the Johnny Walker up and Glen Eagles as well? I'd try to fit that in, no bother. You know, and he'd be telling me, he'd be like, Go away, Brannigan, just like stick, you know, calm yourself. Yeah, and, just a good uh, idea for people listening. Right, you can check yeah. out Keen Brannigan's um, LinkedIn because that's what I'm looking at. And just to give people a scope, right? So, and you have the years as well, which is nice. So it's basically all these events every year, and these are only like the the top projects, right? So we have Scotland, um, British Open, Grand. Well, that's that's a trip over there. That's Grand. San Francisco, Palm Springs, Saudi Arabia, Abu Dhabi, Shanghai, <laughs> and all these are like five, six years in a row. Bulgaria, South Africa, back to St. Andrews. Man, I'd say you've circumnavigated the globe multiple times at this stage. Yeah, it's uh, it was quite it was quite amazing. And like you're like sometimes some accounts, you know, you're top of the bus, so you'd be fine business class, and I'd be twenty five years of age, I'd be like, What? I'm always even sitting in this seat. You know what I mean? Just yeah. stuff when I look back, it's just I'm so grateful for it. and um you know, uh, just I just look back and it's just just the best seven years of my life, really. R- Roddy had previously worked in IMG as well. Uh, he was obviously, you know, Sevi Ballesteros' manager as well and that kind of thing. So, you know, he he you know, we we had conversations about, you know, his life and stuff and I just always wanted it as as you know, travel and, 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 and golf events were just you know, my key driving force at that at that stage so uh, yeah so got to live it out and it was just it was spectacular that's brilliant now every company has kind of terminology for their roles right mm. so what did you do it says senior manager but like there's yeah. so many departments <laughs> yeah 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 so like yeah. what was your remit what was the role and responsibilities yeah, good, yeah, good, good, good point. Because I suppose senior manager was just—I mean, from a corporate standpoint, the company got acquired by uh, WME uh, a couple of years into it, so everybody was given a, you know a more corporate title. But realistically, you know, my role was you know director of operations for various events. So whatever events I was working on, you know, you're the operations director, so you'd look after you know all logistics. Uh, so you'd have the, the staging team, you know, working village. with you. 
Yeah, tented village, sponsor hoardings, um, sponsor um, receivables, all branding on course, um, you know, uh, all player stuff on course, you know, uh, course setup, um, just pretty much everything. All some stuff, you know, toilet locations for players, and you know, uh, you know, when you're a youngster, you you know, the operations director is saying to me, you know, when I was 16, 17, he's saying. Running and put a toilet out behind the 17 T box. You know, I've I've put some spray mark on the ground there with some some spray paint. So I'd go out, get, grab the you know the golf cart, lift this massive, literally portage on onto the back of the buggy. Hopefully, won't get any spray back from the toilet on me. Drive it all the way out to 17, plop it on the ground, and you know, you know there the routes you started at. So it's literally everything. You know, every element of of, of infrastructure and temporary, you know, logistics. So you mentioned um, stuff for the players. Right. Now we mightn't go mm-hmm. into the toilet locations too deeply in this chat. <laughs> yeah. But, but stuff for the players. So is that like the riders that like the top players would have or just like the need like the packs that they'd have for the event or stuff that needs to be ready on the range or, or that? Or is it like, you know, it's let's just say a tiger it's tiger so you know we need to have yeah. x y and z and like the red m&m is not the blue ones you know like was, was yeah. it down to that detail or uh, not not really like so that kind of stuff would have been done by you know activation teams so there would have been a team for let's say vips or yeah. players like tiger would have had you know somebody uh, nominated from our team to look after well, we you might know, ask about his particular specific. rider, given the yeah, no, 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 Jeez, no. But you know, but then they would come to me and say, "Okay, Keen, you know, yeah, let's say you keep using Tiger as an example. You know, Tiger needs uh, extra security; it's in his contract, okay. and yeah. so we need two more security. So I then hire more security. Gotcha. You know, um, higher health and safety would come in and say, you know, I think you know the the ropes behind the eighteen T are too narrow." You know, especially when the Tiger crowd comes around, you know, we need to look at that. So we go out there and we'd evaluate that. And, you know, we... And that's um, all done uh, on the week, is it? In terms of like those yeah. small bits, those little additions. Exactly. The finer tuning is Jesus. done on the week. You know, really it's done Monday, Tuesday of event week when you've got, you know, players there. You know, ideally you're set up on Sunday, but there's stuff like that, you know, you know, is done Saturday, Sunday, Monday, kind of, you know, rejigging rope lines and stuff. Um, so, yeah, yeah. Sounds... Sounds challenging, but Jays is exciting. Yeah, no, it was, it was always exciting. That was for sure. What was, what was, I know you said this question for later, but I'll ask it now, just given what we've just discussed. Um, of the seven years, what was the most stressful situation that you found yourself in and how did you deal with it? And how yeah, did you deal um, with it? Yeah. I feel like that's an interview kind of question, right? It's uh, well, this is um, like a professionally unprofessional interview, but like yeah, okay. Fair, fair. Um, it's uh, it it happened. Um, when was it my last Dunhill? No, it was my second last. Uh, the Dunhill Links up in uh, St Andrews. You might be aware of it, the, the, the kind of pro am event. Yeah, they do, the three, um, so that, they do three courses, isn't it? On three the, courses, correct? Days, yeah. Yes. So towards the latter years, I was you know championship manager for uh, for, for for that one and. Um, St Andrews was kind of the hub course. It was St Andrews, Kings, Barnes, Carnoustie, um, and Peter German was the, 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 the legendary Peter German was the tournament director um, for that one. And uh, but anyway, we the media centres right beside the first tee at St Andrews, and uh, uh, literally right beside the first tee. And it's a it's a massive fifty meter forty fifty by forty meter uh, marquee. And uh, we got, you know, again, health and safety got on to emailed myself and my colleague Adam about uh, whether 
pretty bad winds coming in, you know, 100 mile an hour plus gusts. Um, so we were kind of getting prepared for that. This was a Tuesday. So it was coming on the Wednesday at one o'clock. They were being very specific with um, with de- with timings and stuff. Yeah. But the issue was I was flying to my brother's wedding at 10 a.m. the next day. So two hours before the gusts came in. So I was best man for my brother. It was in Portugal. So anyway, we were scrambling all night to, you know, everybody were putting forklifts on top of marquees that are already built, you know, telling all the contractors to put more ballast and more uh, concrete in. So we're, you know, we're, we're, we're mitigating as much risk as we can. So it was no, everything's in place. And anyway, so I leave and I go over to Tay Bridge. I don't know if you've been to Andrews, but the yeah, Tay yeah. Bridge in Scotland. And uh, I was driving, I was driving a, a truck to the airport and it started moving and the wind's picking up at this stage. So this, you know, 10 o'clock or 11 o'clock, whatever, on the way to Edinburgh Airport. And I said, geez, the winds are picking up. So I'm keeping in contact with my colleague Adam and everything all right, fine, fine, fine. All good, plane takes off. You know, obviously the wind's not as bad as I thought it was going to be. I land to uh, probably 36 missed calls, you know. What's the flight time? Two and a half hours? (laughs) Two and a half hours, yeah. yeah. Two and a half to Portugal. 15. uh, And at this stage, I'd been sent a YouTube link. uh, So two and a half hours, as you said. At this stage, it's on YouTube. So the marquee, it finds it on YouTube. It's 10, type in, don't type in. Dunhill, but it's you know marquee blown over in St Andrews. It'll show you it's it's the most intense video. Nothing could have stopped it. You know, Mother Nature at its you know at its most vicious. Um. So anyway, um. So anyway, panicking, ring my boss. You know, I'll turn back. I'll get in the next flight back. He said, No, it's okay. You know, we'll look after it. You know, you need to, you need to, you know, be best man. The wedding's like the next day. So uh, so that was probably you know one of the most. I suppose intense and scary experiences. Um, yeah, I've seen. I've literally googled that video, and I remember that now. Giant yeah, marquee it, it, tent blown away by it, Storm Alley. Thirty-one seconds. Yeah, that is that was bone chilling video to watch. Yeah, <laughs> it blew into the sea, which was like hundred meters away. The marquee is huge, and nothing, nothing could have stopped it really. Like obviously, some engineers might say certain things, but they can't. You know, the temporary structures. The gust, the highest gust they got was like one eighteen or something. So nothing's, nothing. I mean, nothing's been. Nothing's going to stop in its way, and uh, but you, when you see the video, it's like it's like it's like a little um, the tent gives a little like it's like it breathes for a second. It's a little bubble goes up, comes back down, and it's like and it just t- two seconds later, boof, and it just takes it and it's gone. So, you know, the fact that it was leaked to the media was you know, wasn't nice and all that. But look, you know, it was nobody's fault. It was just the way it was. But I mean, it was it was. Very scary, and for the guys on the ground, they, they did a great job. But um, I was in Portugal, so at that stage, it was uh, grab a beer and, and sit Good in the man. sun, <laughs> not worry too much about the marquee. It's just blown over. Not my bag, mate. <laughs> exactly, exactly. You got it. What was the compelling event to leave IMG and start your own in forefront sports management? Yeah, um, I suppose uh, towards the latter years. Um, I had a similar, you know, at that stage, what, seven Dunhills, uh, you know, uh, we just staged the first ever Saudi Invitational, you know, the first ever golf event on Saudi soil, which was, you know, spectacular, amazing experience to be a part of, uh, you know, part of history as such. So, and then my schedule for the next year was the same. So, and also I I was coming up to the seven year mark. And so I kind of just thought, you know, 
it was a good time to, 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 to leave. And I'd also want, always want to go out on my own. And I always felt, you know, with our strong roots in, in golf and our family kind of roots in uh, golf in Ireland, I thought, you know, go home and start my own kind of sports agency. So it just felt like right time. Um, you know, we, we, yeah, as we said, the, the, the Saudi event went off amazingly. And then, the Scottish Open followed and then finished the last Dunhill. We have, you know, Dunhill's a great party event anyway, so everybody has fun on it. We stage a great event. So that was then October. So then, yeah, I, I rang uh, rang Ross in October. It would have been after Dunhill and told him, yeah. I, it he just, answered the yeah, first time I, this time, didn't he? he didn't yeah, yeah, he did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're probably like, we're getting, we're getting Brannigan off the books. That's, that's a nice one there. So, um, so yeah, it just, it just felt right. There was nothing... I wanted to move back. You know, I was in London for seven years, so I wanted to move back. I was missing nieces and nephews. So everything just felt right. You know, yeah. my girlfriend at the time was in London and, she, you know, she, she kind of wanted to stay at this stage, which surprised me. But, but yeah, it just made sense. Everything clicked to move. So it was no, it was no you know, uh, one event or one, you know, there was no issue. So, uh, but yeah, it was just the right time, really good feeling as well. No, no, that's no, no better reason. And I suppose, yeah, you had a decent little black book then at that stage as well. Through all, I, I can imagine the number of security companies, you know, around the globe and and Portaloo yeah. companies, but also, you know, the, the niceties as well. So, yeah. how did you decide or, like, how did you decide what line of sports management? So you're kind of brand-based and we can do that in a little bit. How yeah. did you decide what, where your focus would be? Uh, it was kind of decided for me. So ideally, in an idea world, I left uh, in IMG in December or January of that year. So that was 2020. Uh, um, so I left and uh, ideally I wanted to do a year in Ireland, kind of work with an agency and learning, you know, the corporate Ireland setup and stuff like that. But then COVID hit. So it kind of dictated it for me and it pulled the trigger for me, which is great. I had a business plan already. I had actually started constructing that um, through my kind of last couple of months. Um, and, you know, initially uh, the f- company, you know, Forefront Management, it was going to be an events company and, you know, corporate golf days and, you know, golf talent, very all sports, but golf as the DNA of, you know, the company. Um, it still is all that. But when COVID hit, um, I started talking to uh, some brands and started realizing that, you know, events aren't going to come back for a while, nor are people playing any golf. So there's no justification for any management or signing new players or anything like that. So I just started talking to various brands and just realizing that retail still thrive. And especially, uh, I mean, McGurk's had one of their busiest months during, you know, that first initial lockdown, you know, crazy so you know uh, so anyway started talking to some brands and g-tech was the first brand we bought on board which is a heated thermal device and um, which it's is unreal. really popular it's unreal it's, yeah right before christmas and i owe you i owe you one because by god the, <laughs> amount, the amount of walks that kept me toasty on and I was yeah, exactly. and I was visualizing like you. I was visualizing walking up the third, and the sixth, and the seventh, and the hinge, and the eleventh, and the twelfth in the freezing of mornings in October <laughs> when golf will be back yeah. open this year. Exactly. But um, I'd say I've, they're I, amazing. They're amazing. They're amazing. And I just I, I saw a video recently there. The CEO Jesse was basically kind of put it up recently. 
and it was like a, it was like an Instagram video, but it was like a, who was wearing them? Bryson, DJ, Rory. You know, they're all wearing them during their practice rounds because it's it's so important to keep your hands warm while playing golf, right? So this this you know does that for you. So um, so they they were the first brand that came on board. Um, uh, and again, another brand that's not, I was kind of keen to be different. I, as I started learning more about the brands and retail kind of uh, industry, I started realizing that there's a lot of agents out there that sell you know, Under Armour and, uh, uh, you know, uh, Callaway and all this stuff. So I realized, you know, it was a saturated market. So I started looking at golf brands that aren't in the market. So, you know, GTEC was the first one, weren't in the Irish or European market, Paragon, uh, who's uh, you know the leader in the in the massage gun wellness space? You know, Colin yeah. America was an ambassador. They were the second one again, not in the Irish market in the golf space. Um, and then Johnny O, a clothing brand, uh, West Coast based clothing brands, really really cool, uh, quirky brand. Um, great, you could, like, you could drop you could drop that into Le Hinch or any exactly. seaside town like Betty's Town. Or anywhere. Betty's the, per, or, the young is. vibrancy, cool patterns, like all this West Coast stuff. It, it, you know, it's it's in right now. So, so we're starting to bring them slowly. So, again, just new brands integrating into the the retail space. So that's what we've kind of been doing over the past, you know, eight months. Um, and now, now events and corporate golf days and. Uh, you know, or some other stuff is starting to come online, which is great. So yes, it's flying. I know you mentioned there's one brand that, that like. I think I applied to work for them like years ago. Yeah. Like it was Max Golf Protein because they brought oh, on yeah, like yeah, a, yeah. a protein shake. It used to like an actual, like like the Kinetica ones, right? They're, they're ready to yeah, drink yeah. ones. Oh, like, mm. I don't know, like six or seven years ago. And I was really? like, that's, because I, I was, I had like just kicked off my whole, you know, this is what a weight looks like. This yeah, is, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I was like, this is a brilliant idea, like for golf, because yeah. like right. I'm not having the Cokes and the Mars bars and the night yeah, anymore, yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah. But to see oh, them as a brand, they're, they're, yeah. Do you know what, Pat? They are flying at the moment. Uh, MGP, hydration. They've got these hydration drinks, you know, um, we got them in, you know, various courses uh, around and uh, and uh, they're so popular because the, the hot weather helps, but because they're golf specific and these electrolytes and, you know, small natural bit of energy to get you through the four hour rounds. You know, they're so popular. So people are aware of that and people don't want to be drinking. Look at the Ronaldo thing today. Coke, you know, it's not really, not that it cools probably the wrong terminology, but it's not, you know, people are so health conscious. They don't want to be drinking fizzy drinks. So these, you know, vitamin drinks and MGP and their bars and stuff, they're, 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 they're really in right now. No, absolutely. Absolutely. So what is you don't have to divulge your entire business plan now, Keen, but it would be mm. great, it'd be great if you could. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll send you the template. <laughs> but, but, but you're focusing on, the, on those brands, and I suppose expanding to a few more. Yeah, that are yeah. hard to get over here, or that you have to pay exorbitant shipping um, to get just a little bit for you. So, yeah. so what's the deal? Do you go through you you get them on the chef? Is it is that you're you're the guy you're their distributor? Is that it or? Yeah, a bit of, bit of, bit of. Uh, it's kind of different strategy with all, you know. Some okay. we help with some endorsement deals, or we help them get into retail shops. But yeah, I mean, mainly it's you know we've got the database of every course in the country, and we help them talk to said golf course on their behalf. So sales agent on their behalf, or distribution on their behalf, and also working with strategies of events or endorsements and stuff. So each brand is different. No, smashing. So what is the with golf coming back online? You know, mm. and I think the next six weeks, 
there's an open week. I think pretty much every golf course in the country, right? <laughs> yeah, they're flying um, at it. Fair play to and, and businesses and companies look to get back into the office by like September, October time. So you're probably yeah. looking at corporate events then for like autumn, hopefully. Yeah. Fingers crossed. Are you looking to capitalise on all that? I, I, I am assuming yes. Or, or what's the... Yeah. What's your what's your plan over the next six months? What What is Keen Brannigan going to be doing? So so six months. So we're currently up to three at the moment in the company, including myself in the company. So the, the brands are kind of self-sufficient. They're, they're, they're going around. People are seeing the awareness and seeing our kind of marketing stuff. So they're, you know, we've got a salesperson there kind of pushing them. So they're going really well. But, you know, you hit the nail on the head there. I suppose you know, my goal was always... like everyone's got financial goals and that's fine. I didn't really start the company for financial drive. It was more, you know, to give younger guys opportunity, you know, people who don't get into the IMGs, you know, young, hungry, enthusiastic kids coming out of a sports management degree, give them an opportunity. Um, but also to, you know, to be known as the golf agency in Ireland, you know, the number one. And it's not, I don't mean that from a representation standpoint. I mean that from, you know, mainly mainly events um, yeah. and the corporate golf day events because you know not that it's on you know on my LinkedIn but you know I probably staged over 100 golf days as well over my years with IMG with the HSBC account and the Canon Day account which uh, used to be two massive golf day series so you know that's kind of my bread and butter and where I see value for companies because especially now with COVID like you know outdoor networking is you know is somewhat you know the future um and it's also enjoyable so it, it will revive and we've already you know we've got some proposals and conversations going with you know you know three or four big corporate companies in ireland which is great and um, so so looking to just keep that momentum going and, and you're you're dead right it, it's september october is kind of you know the uh the the, the time frame for it no smashing no and the reason i wanted to have a chat with you you were like i know i thought you know i not really too pushed about it and I was like no like you're this an Irish company it's, it's in golf is at the core of what you do um, so yeah, let's yeah. have a chat about it you know it might no, only be listened to by like yeah. seven people but like <laughs> yeah exactly yeah they'll turn off after two minutes as well like, once, once I start once, once I start in a monologue they'll definitely switch off but um, <laughs> yeah. no I just thought you know we'll do what we can in terms of just an awareness point of view and like you know you're not supporting yeah. you're not supporting Absolutely. a conglomerate you're supporting an Irish family at the end, and three of them at this stage and, yeah, and, and hopefully exactly. in time it'll be 10 and, and 10 times <laughs> proper um, Irish family yeah. exactly I mean the forefront family I don't mean yours <laughs> alright yeah, yeah. <laughs> so for Keen Bragging maybe for forefront quick for Q&A time right yeah what would your walk on song be oh jeez um, oh, good question uh, another one bites the dust cringy but yeah it'll do did you have to take yeah. care of any like walk on songs as like event as like director of operations in your time, or is that no, that's but, a new but, thing, isn't it? The one in Abu Dhabi, we started doing a, a DJ on the range, and uh, one of the lads, James <laughs> Spence, he was in the he was in IMG, and he had his iPad on. Uh, his Spotify in the office and it was linked to the, the, the Spotify in the range Jeez. and this like typical DJ rap. just press and play yeah this rap song came on so we started getting calls on the radio being like there's the most obnoxious rap song with bad language you know there's kids all around it was like carnage but uh, but no never walk on never walk on no no fear for yourself now gym or pizza pizza hat visor or a Killian Rafferty bucket hat Ooh, your bucket hats are nice. Um, 
You know, like your bucket hat because they're, they're, they're essential in the rain as well. They stop the water from going down your neck. They are essential. They're what I call they're a win-win. They are. Absolutely. Happy Gilmore or Tin Cup? Happy Gilmore. Le Hinch or Port Marnock? Port Marnock. 100% as a member. Walk or cart? Walk. Win the Open or win the Masters? Win the Open. Instagram or Twitter? Instagram. Play or practice? Play all day. All day. And we can do it now all day. Up to like half Exactly. 10. Up to like half 10. Yeah. But 5.20 a.m. is sunrise and, and five, I think it's 10.21 is sunset today. I could see, I'd say you're out that time, right? I'd say you're out literally sunrise for 18 hours before work. It has been done. <laughs> but we're not no finished we're man. not finished yet. we'll just say look you're after no, this, this, this is like the bonus question right so you, right. you listen to the last few episodes so I think you might know what's coming so you're after a day of um, getting new fantastic brands into Irish retailers and you can mm-hmm. and across Europe with your team of three and you're planning dinner celebrated dinner that evening candlelit dinner in the Brannigan uh, car household and you can yeah. have whoever you want six people at the table with this so you're at the head of the table there's three people yeah. down the right and three people down the left. Who are they? Oof. Anyone now? Dead, alive, famous, Anyone. fictional, whoever. Harry Tiger. Potter can be there. Tiger's there. One. Tiger, Mark McCormick and Steinberg on the right. Just from the story perspective, just to get, you know, content from them. Stein- stories. Steinberg? Who's Steinberg? He is, uh, he's Tiger's agent. Ah, um, gotcha. Current agent. So he's ex-IMG. So he, I think Mark McCormick hired him many years ago and he broke away all around when Tiger hit the hydrant. He broke away and they started their own agency. So yeah. he's uh, he's been Tiger's man pretty much his whole life. Okay. Um, on the left, um, good question. Let's say uh, Michael D for the crack. Oh, that'd be hilarious. Hilarious. Michael D. Hilarious. Just to add in a bit of spice. Um, Branson. And um, Richard, Richard Branson, and uh, yeah, yeah, not the other one. The uh, it's like a <laughs> like a murder or something called Branson. There, <laughs> Mar- is, yeah. <laughs> there is, yeah, not him, not, not him. him. Um, and then to finish off, I mean, I've gone pretty pretty obvious ones, haven't I? And um, to finish off, Obama. I'd love to play. I'd love to play some Which one? With him, just Which one? Barack Obama Barack and Michelle just, Barack just, They come as an item You could have the two of them they there Alright so the seven seats then they Seven seats they, yeah. they have the same rider The same V You get one exactly, Buy one yeah, get one yeah, free yeah. <laughs> Exactly Absolutely Sebastian well thanks for your time It's been it's been really insightful Giving us a view into The sports management lifestyle um, And an experience And the, maybe set some ex- expectations For people who think It's a handy number Absolutely um, No it's great not, not Miles and miles And I look forward to Look forward to teeing up in Sutton and having a view of um, your granddad. Absolutely. Absolutely, Paddy. It's been, it's been a pleasure chatting with you and play soon, hopefully. Absolutely. Talk to you soon. Cheers, Paddy. See you. That was Keen Brannigan of Forefront Sports Management. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode. I hope you've enjoyed the uprated content I'm sharing on Instagram as well. If you like those pictures and the style of it, the style of it, um, let me know. I'm going to update the old website now today with um, like a review, just like my experience there later on in Bettystown uh, earlier in the week. And um, there might be some drone footage of a certain Hinch Golf Cup gone up in the next couple of weeks. Um, 
I'd love to have a chat with someone in the next couple of weeks around their experience of golf um, post-COVID because um, that's different than every golf club. It's been fantastic here in Cranachstown and in Lehinge in terms of access to tee times and the management of same. Um, so if someone wants to have a chat about how good it is or some challenges that have arisen, sure, get on to me and we might have an old chat. If it's within your remit to do so, if you like doing it, if you like the episode and you like the podcast, join the timesheet there on paddytalkscop.com. There will be a giveaway going out uh, in July to one lucky timesheet subscriber. Um, what will I pick? I think, um, yeah, it's going to be a surprise, isn't it? You'll know if you're on the timesheet what you get. If you like the podcast, leave an old review. Wherever you listen to it, if you're able to leave reviews on that platform, leave a review. I'd love it. And I love seeing them come in. Helps the old podcast algorithm thing as well in terms of, yeah, rankings and stuff. I don't really look at it too much, but we're still up there. We are still up there. So thank you all for listening every single week. Tell a friend. Tell a friend. Um, All right. I'm out. Got a tea time. Until we teed up again soon. 